the blessed gift and honor and the, and the kindness and mercy of God to know that there's a place where the soul never dies. We thank God for that. It is great to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We praise God and thank you for your attendance, those who are online and those who are here with us present. Let us please go together to God in a word of prayer. Our great and merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name. Hallowed be your name, O God. Separate from all else, help us to remember as we worship you, to worship and honor you in a way that's pleasing and acceptable in your sight with reverence in our hearts and in our minds. Help us, Lord God, to remember Jesus, your great Son, in whom you are so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary. Help us never to forget your mercy or compassion, but also, God, always to remember the severity and the seriousness of the relationship between man and you. Bless us, Lord God, to be, to say, and to do the things that you would have us to be and to say and to do. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee. It will be thy will. Amen. We're thankful that God is still saving people. We've had three souls added to Christ this week, and we praise God for that. We're thankful to God for the work that he does for us. God is good. We're continuing on uh, Yahweh. We want to lift Jesus up continually. The idea, remember, in this this series of, of lessons is to help us to to continue to keep God right in our minds, right? We're talking about the Godhead, but within the Godhead, we're, we're isolating Jesus Christ as Yahweh. Here's what I believe, and I know you believe it too. If you get God right in your mind, everything else works itself out. But you've got to have God right in your mind. And Jesus said, um, turn to Isaiah chapter 42 quickly. Jesus said, unless you believe that I'm he, you would die in your sins. So we want to make sure that we believe Jesus and how great and powerful and awesome he is as we lift him up. So we've been speaking about Jesus, the great I am, Yahweh. Whether you say Jehovah or whether you say Yahweh, Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus, Yahweh, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Jesus, the only rock, Yahweh. Jesus, the only Savior, Jesus, the Lord of glory. Isaiah 42, we'll finish there. In verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, my praise to, nor my praise to graven images. And again, when you see Lord in all caps, Yahweh, it's that personal name of God, the self-existent one. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the I am, if you will. He says, who will I tell you or tell the people that you are? Moses asked a question, and God said, you tell them that I am who I am. What I love about the Word of God, and what I love about God, is that God never offers apology. And God never explains himself other than the way that he sees fit. You know, people wrestle with Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 about creation, and they say, well, what about this and what about that? God does not offer an apology for not telling us everything that we want to know. Because he's God, right? Yahweh, the self-existent one. I am who I am. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8. The Bible says, 
the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age had understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, Yahweh. They had no clue. Turn back to Isaiah, please, chapter 44. Because they didn't want to know. They didn't want to know who Jesus was. People don't always want to know about God. People pretend to want to know about God, to get something from God or or to be protected by God. But people who really love God are separated and different from those who pretend to want to know about God. Yahweh. Jesus. Sanctified in our hearts. Is God number one in our lives? Isaiah 44 and verse 6. He should be because he is the first and the last. Thus says Yahweh. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last and there is no God besides me. Two personalities appear in Isaiah 44 and verse 6. First it says Yahweh is the King of Israel. The Redeemer, if you will, Yahweh of hosts. And so, both the King and Redeemer. Jesus is our Redeemer. Turn to Revelation chapter 1. Our King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He came down to save us. Thank God for that. Yahweh is King and must be first because He is first. Verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And then in verse 17, and he, and when he saw, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man. And he said to me, this is what Jesus said, he laid his right hand upon me saying, do not be afraid I am the first and the last. Jeremiah 23. Is Yahweh the first and the last in your life? Is he first? Is he number one? Beginning, if you will, at verse 5. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, Yahweh. When I shall raise up for David a righteous branch, he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Yahweh, our righteousness. The Messiah is Yahweh, our righteousness. The question is, turn to Luke, please, chapter 1. Do I have Jesus at the forefront of my mind as number one in my life, as number one in my world? Is that where he is? First place, excuse me. (coughs) 
in all things? Is he number one? He says, I am number one. Whether we want him to be number one or not, Jesus is number one. God is number one. Where is he in your life? Luke 1 and verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Is that not what the prophet just said? Jesus. Where is Jesus in your life? Go back to Jeremiah, please. No, Isaiah, excuse me. Isaiah chapter 44. Let's go to Isaiah 44. Our Redeemer. Our Redeemer. Jesus. Yahweh. Jehovah. God. Verse 6. Thus says the Lord, King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. There is no God besides me. You know, you know what God doesn't do? God doesn't give us a way out. I mean, it's one of two. God or Satan. There is no in-between. There is nothing in the middle. We like in-betweens though, don't we? We like the gray area. There is no gray area. It's God or Satan. And we have to make our choice, don't we? We have to make the decision in our hearts to accept and follow the only true God. Verse 24. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone. God says, I did that. Chapter 47 and verse 4. Though the world and, and agnostics and atheists and even Some Christians struggle with the creation. God doesn't. Isaiah 47 and verse 4. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, is His name, the Holy One of Israel. Now go to Galatians chapter 3. I just love how the Bible tells us over and over again, every scripture will have its mate, and it does. And God starts talking about the Redeemer by way of inspiration. The Holy Spirit gives it to us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 about Jesus. The Bible says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We have been redeemed by God. Isn't that great news? That's just great news. I want to go backwards. 
Go back to Ezekiel chapter 34. Let's talk about the shepherd for just a moment. We talk and we speak of the good shepherd in the New Testament. We speak of the good shepherd over and over again. But in the Old Testament, God gives us a greater, deeper understanding of what a shepherd is supposed to be and who the good shepherd or the great shepherd actually is. Verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will stretch, or search rather, excuse me, for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he's among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the streams and all the inhabited places of the land. And I will feed them in good pasture, and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down in good grazing ground, and they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. And I will feed my flock, and I will lead them to rest, declares Yahweh, declares the Lord God. What does Jesus tell us? John 10. What does Jesus tell us over and over and over again? Without debate, without question, he says, I am the good shepherd. John 10 in verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out, and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, and kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life, and might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. May I ask again, as you turn to Hebrews chapter 13, where is Jesus in your heart? Is he number one? Where is God in your life? Is he number one? Is this just a place to to go on Sunday? Or is it the only place to be on Sunday? Worship. Worship. To worship the only God. Hebrews 13 and verse 20. The only shepherd. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead. The great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the eternal covenant. Even Jesus our Lord. Jesus. 1 Peter 5 please. In verse 4. Jesus. Jesus, that name ought to bring great joy to your heart. Just to say the name Jesus, Yeshua. First Peter 5 and verse 4, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. The shepherd 
Jesus. Jesus. Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 12. I would, I would encourage you to read the entire chapter so you gain all the context of what's being stated. But I want you to go back to Zechariah for just a moment, chapter 12. And I just want to grab out of there, kind of, kind of taking it out of the middle uh, of what is being stated. But I want to grab verse 7. And I want you to hear Yahweh speak. The Lord also will save the tents of Judah, first in order that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem may not be magnified above Judah. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And the, the one who is feeble among them in that day will be like David. In the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before him. And it will come about in that day that I will set about to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour out on the house of David and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication so that they will look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. They will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. Jehovah said that. Yahweh said that about himself, about Judah, about Israel. Where is God? Turn back to Isaiah, please, chapter, chapter 40. Where is God in your heart? Where is Jesus in your mind? Is he number one? Is he number one? So John the Baptist comes on the scene as a way preparer, if you will. He prepares the way for Yahweh. Verse 1, comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her welfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she's received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling, clear the way for Yahweh, the Lord, in the wilderness, make smooth in the desert a highway for our God, Yahweh. Can you imagine? Yahweh came to save us. Matthew chapter 1. He came born in a smelly manger. He came to live amongst a people of sin. He came to be with us, to save us. Where is God in your heart? Verse 18. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ was his father's. And that's where people struggle right there. Well, you know, Jesus Christ was just a man. But we just read in Isaiah 40, this is Yahweh. And Yahweh came and was born. And when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by Yahweh, the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of Yahweh. Holy Spirit. And she should bear a son. He should call his name Jesus. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place that what was spoken of by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled saying Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means Yahweh with us. Right? God. Theos. God. Is he God to you? Or is he just some man, firstborn as a baby, and then grew up, sacrificed himself, like all the other superheroes in the world. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Isaiah chapter 9, please. Remember we began this, this series, we went back to the angel of the Lord, and we began talking about never using the name of Jesus Christ in vain. Never. He's Yahweh. Who would dare? Who would dare do that? Isaiah 9 brings in the confusion when people try to, to make Jesus, if you will, the little God and, and the father of the big God, right? Isaiah 9 confuses that whole thing in verse 6 for us, if you will. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name, Yahweh, his name, Jesus, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. He's Yahweh. And I dare any of us to use His name in vain. And it ought to bother us and frustrate us and annoy us and even anger us. To hear a child of God ever use that name in vain. And with the world, it's, it's our responsibility to teach them Jesus. To help them to understand who He is. We're going to wrap this up. Today, turn to Hebrews please, chapter 1. Today we have come to worship Yahweh.
in reverence, in reverential fear, respect, in honor. And it's not just we who worship, but the angels worship. All worship. It's mandatory to worship Yahweh. Many are worshiping Him in vain. Sad about that. That's our responsibility, to go help them to learn the truth. But then what about us? Is my mind on the place I'm going to go eat in about, you know, a few moments? When I, when I came here, did I, did I set myself in my mind and my heart in a place where it's acceptable to God? Did I humble myself in submission to Yahweh? Or did I show up like I'm at some great sporting event? Did I come with excitement and joy in my heart to worship? Did I come with a great desire to please God? Have I come today to worship? Hebrews 1 verse 5. For which of the angels has he ever said? Thou art my son. Today I have begotten thee. And again, I will be a father to him. And he shall be a son to me. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says... And let all the angels of God worship Him. All. Turn back to Nehemiah, please. Chapter 9. Worship the Messiah. Worship our God. Worship. High esteem, adoration, and awe. Nehemiah 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, Thou alone art Yahweh, the Lord. Thou hast made the heavens, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth, and all that is on it, the seas, and all that is in them, Thou dost give to all of them. And the heavenly host bows down before thee. How much reverence have I paid to God today? Hebrews chapter 1. How much reverence have I paid to God today? Verse 6, again. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, 
is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy companions. And thou, Yahweh, in the beginning didst lay the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the works of thy hands. Yahweh. And you know when Jesus came, we're going to close in Colossians chapter 2. He humbled himself, even to the point of death on the cross. He did not grasp equality with God a thing. There wasn't a there wasn't a fight. There wasn't an argument. Remember, we we talked about that. Yahweh walked on the earth, and he laid his life down for you and for me. And I don't know about you, but I'm not only so thankful. But I'm indebted to God. I owe God my entire life. How about you? See, worship can't be a chore. You owe it to God. I owe it to God. Worship can't be one of those things that that I'm here because I have to be. You ought to want to be here because he died for you and for me. He didn't just die. He was executed. He wasn't just executed. He was treated inhumanely. He wasn't just treated inhumanely. He was tortured. And he had my name and your name on his heart when he died on that cross. I owe Yahweh everything. How about you? Have you surrendered to Christ in the waters of baptism? Every person it's called repentance. To hear his word, to believe it, to respond to it in a positive way by having repentance in your heart. To confess his name before men and be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins and to remain faithful to God until the end. And then you and I, Christians, children of God, are to walk faithfully with God all the way to the end until the day God calls us home. We owe it to God. We owe God everything. He came to the earth. And verse 6 of Colossians 2 says, You therefore, as you therefore, you, me, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted 
and now being built up in Him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles or uh, oracles of man or of the world, rather than according to Christ. See to it. Watch your soul. Make sure that no one deceives you and draws you away from Christ. People are walking away from Jesus every day. How could you? If you get God right in your mind, Everything else will take care of itself. Verse 9 says, For in Him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Wow. Only God could do that. The lesson is yours. If you need to respond in any way, please come. While together we stand and sing our song of invitation. <laughs>